And we're back. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited right now because we have so many great movies to talk about. What is your number 19? My number 19 is Prisoners. Whoa, what? Yep. Prisoners. Uh, I'm guessing this isn't on your list. Nope. Okay, so, holy shit. So this is the first Denis Villeneuve oh, really? film that I saw. And um, I didn't know anything about him as a director. I didn't know much about the movie at all. I'm a fan of Jake Gyllenhaal. And I just saw that it was like dark and weird. And I knew Paul Dano was also in it. So I was like, hell yeah, this is a movie for me. And it blew my fucking mind and blew me away. Like I had no idea that I was going to love it so much. But it's it's far and away one of my favorites of the decade. Like I love kidnapping movies too. So like that's another thing. Like I love cheesy ass kidnapping movies. Like even like trapped with kevin bacon or um or the mel gibson one from the 90s ransom like i love kidnap movies but like this one obviously it's denis villeneuve so like you know that it's like very artful and it's it's in a very specific style and the performances are so good um paul dano plays this like oh my god where do i even begin he's suspected of of kidnapping um this girl i can't believe i'm about to have this movie that i'm so excited to see spoiled right now no, this is just, like, in the trailer. Okay, cool. Um, he, he's, like, accused of kidnapping this girl, and Hugh Jackman, the father of the girl, um, like, keeps him, like, tor- like it's, like, keeping him. Um, and, like, torturing him. And, like, Jake Gyllenhaal plays the detective, but he's not your average detective, folks. And it's also not um, cheesy in that way. Like, it's not like, oh, he's, a, he's an old uh, guy just about to retire, but then this one case comes up. It's not that. <laughs> it's, like, very, it's, like... He has like a shaved, partially shaved head, um, and I'm really not selling this movie well enough because like it's just too much for me to even say. But like cool. the tension in this movie is insane because like you just you don't know exactly what happened. You don't know if is she dead? Is she not dead? Is she like what's gonna happen? And who actually did it? And what? Um, and is this okay? Like the moral if you if you know someone hurt, um, someone that you love, is it okay to hurt them? Um, Viola Davis is in it. And Hugh Jackman gives a hell of a performance, really. Like, the whole movie is so dark, so it's, like, not usually what I'm used to seeing him as. And um, the color palette in this one, too, is fucking awesome. Like, it's just so... It's so dark. It's, like, very um, very gray, black, like... And um, it just... It's such a rare type of movie. Like, it's so gripping and um, thought-provoking and, and uh, fascinating. I loved it. I was just looking up Denny Villeneuve's net worth because uh, he directs ridiculous films that have so huge good. ass budgets. Oh my goodness! He's worth sixteen million dollars. That's pretty dope. I don't know. Is that really true? Uh, that's probably accurate. I have no <clears> idea. He I directed Blade Runner, Sicario. I know, but I'm not. I don't Polytechnic. know. Polytechnic. Like, it's. It, I don't know. It's hard to estimate these things. Truth. Um, my number 19 is mid-90s, which I've talked extensively about on this podcast. Love it. Connected with it a lot. Um, I don't need to really talk about it too much. I just think it was a beautiful film. Very stylistic. I like the skateboarding aspects. Really connected with me with the soundtrack, Jonah Hill. I hope you make a lot more films. Um, I think it's going to just be a classic that I look back and I'm like oh mid 90s is on TV or something or like oh 
I just need something to put on in the background. Oh. Or, like, showing my son one day, like, mid-90s and being like, Aww. oh, look at this film. Like, this is when I grew up, like, in the 90s. <laughs> That's, like, very sweet that you are thinking about showing it to your son already and you're not even, like, pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so my number 18 is The Way, Way Back. Not on my list. Go off. Directed by Jim Rash and Nat Faxon. Um, have you seen this movie? I have not. This movie actually, like, had a very profound effect on me. It came out in 2013, which is when I, like, turned my life around. I had, like, a very hard time. Um, like, in my teen years, I was very depressed, and, like, I really struggled with it. And, like, basically a lot of things that happened in the summer of 2013, like, is what helped me turn my life around. Most of it was, like, spirituality and, um, like, working on myself and, like, acting and things like that. But, like... There were a few movies that I saw around that time, and I feel like when you're transitioning in your life, no matter what kind of transition it is, like, the art that you consume during that time really becomes, like, a big part of your story. And this movie, to me, was, like, so perfect. It's about this teenager who kind of feels like a stranger in his own house. His mom is played by Tony Collette. His, um not stepdad, but, like, his mom's boyfriend is played by Steve Carell, and he's this asshole. Um... But the mom doesn't see that, you know, she's just, I guess, in love with him and lonely and, you know, just focuses on the good elements of him. Allison Janney gives me literal life, like, powers me as a human being in this movie. She plays this hilarious, like, over-the-top character and she nails it, like, better than, and I mean, it's better than her I Taught Your performance, like, just trust me, it's amazing. And, um, it's, th- so, uh, they go to, like, the, the boyfriend's beach house for the summer and this teenage boy it's like a very big coming of age movie he can't stand uh the boyfriend and he just is in this weird place in his life and he ends up just like escaping and like taking like his bike um to a water park nearby and meets this whole like all these new people including Sam Rockwell, who gives such an amazing performance. Maya Rudolph also works there. Um, the two of them together are so amazing. They play, like, they play co-workers and, um, who maybe have a connection that could be romantic someday in the right circumstance at the right time. If they could figure it out, it would be, but maybe it's not right now, or maybe it is, you don't know. Uh, and he starts working at this water park and finds his tribe. And it's, like, so beautiful because I think that happens to a lot of people, like, you you can love your your mom or your dad or your family or whatever but like sometimes you don't connect with them as much as like you wish you did and you don't even like really know what true connection is and then you like meet people that you connect with automatically and you're like oh shit like this is where I belong I think like finding where you belong is such a powerful thing and uh it's a beautiful movie so I highly recommend it to any literally anyone it's such a good movie yeah mm-hmm well, I'm going to get into uh, Sean Baker a little bit, unless you have this on your list. Do you have this as your 18 as well? It's my 17. Oh, nice. So, well, wait. What is your 18? The Way, Way Back. Oh, cool. So, watch out perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Tangerine, which will forever be known as the iPhone film, I guess, is just so beautiful. Um, it's a story that's not often told. Uh, it's just very raw and beautiful and just funny and I love the dubstep like techno (laughs) soundtrack that like really defines like a different time um, 
than we are in now almost mm-hmm. like the film already feels very aged even though it was just like so in the moment when it came out yep um i talked about this um on a podcast with i remember brendan was there because he yeah. watched the movie like the next day after we had recommended it yeah. so i won't even but like everyone if you've listened to this before you know that sean baker is like i love him more than you know water so um also it's like one of the first movies that has a trans star and it's not about them being trans. Right. With the uh, Kiki Rodriguez and Maya Taylor. Yes. Love it. Yeah. Um, what's your... S- oh, I have to do my 17 now. Go for it. I'm going to go with Inherit Vice. Nice. Not on my list, but a great film. I don't know. It's just like a weird film about a weird time in LA. Mm -hmm. And I just enjoy the film. And if you haven't seen it, it's just like a good watch, as all Paul Thomas Anderson films are. Um, He's a no-brainer. And Magnolia's on Netflix now. Ooh. Yeah, that's classic. Um, Yeah, so just watch Inherent Vice. It's really weird. It's probably the closest thing to like a Lebowski movie that we have right now. Oh, yeah, good point. It's just, like, Joaquin Phoenix bouncing around L.A., which, like, who doesn't want that? Everyone wants that. Um, and I think we can move on from there. It's just beautiful, and, like, Paul Thomas Anderson knows L.A., and he doesn't do any L.A. films in the rest of the decade, so watch this one. It's almost like being in a trance, this movie. Yeah. All right. What's your 16? My 16 is Columbus. Word, I still haven't seen it. Directed uh, by Kogo Nada. Um, this movie really, again, like very deeply affected me. As I'm probably gonna say that, obviously every movie, like if we're doing now, we're in the top twenty of like the past decade. Obviously, all these movies deeply affected me, so I'll stop saying that. Um, it's like this is another quiet movie, very quiet movie, and very like the design. Like there's a lot focus on design in general interior design like set design um the visuals in this movie are different and the the um oh my god i can't think of the term it's a technical term a film term um the shot the shots not that's not what i was trying to think of but like the every shot in the movie you could Mise tell sin? no not <laughs> sin. but but um the every shot in the movie like if you freeze frame it uh, is like is like a, something you would see in MoMA, and um, if you just actually like Google the movie or like type the movie's title into like Tumblr or something, like you'll see what I mean automatically. Uh, this is the film that made me fall in love with Haley Lee Richardson. Where she's been great this decade. Oh my god, she literally like I think I have a crush on her. Like she's just so talented and beautiful, and like she played a completely different role from this in Support the Girls. I like, can support the girls. She's like very. Um, you know, she's, like, this kind of, like, loud, like, fun young girl who, like, works at this, like, Hooters kind of bar and, like, you know, just embraces it and, like, she might have some sadness in her life, but, girl, she's gonna get out and deliver those beers and wings like no one's business. And then in Columbus, she's, like, this very subdued, calm, um, relaxed human being who's very thoughtful and they pair her up in this movie with John Cho, who gives a, an amazing dramatic performance. You know, I think everyone knows him, obviously, from Harold and Kumar, and this is, like, the complete opposite of that. Parker Posey, who literally has been one of my favorite people on the planet since, I don't know, birth, um, 
is also, she gives a very dramatic, sad, sad performance. And um, it's just such a, it's just such a beautiful movie stylistically. It's and on Hulu, so check it out. Yes, it's on Hulu. And the, the friendship between the two characters is really like, it's so good. And it's one of those things where you're like, oh, are they going to get together or maybe they won't? Or what's the, what's the situation? You don't know. But like the, like the way that they bond throughout the course of the movie. Oh, just, just, just a stunning film. Cool. Yeah. My 16, uh, it's probably a controversial pick. I don't know if you like this film. Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to go with Inception. Oh, okay. I don't know how you could really talk about this decade without touching on Inception, because I feel like that is one of the most important concepts of like living in the digital age and like uh, subliminal like advertising to us mm-hmm. and kind of how Americans' minds were, kind of, uh, in, like, a weird metaphor of, like, these people who are going through each other's dreams, planting ideas in their heads so that they do what they want for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it becomes just, like, this wild thriller. Uh, I think this is the best Christopher Nolan film, probably, of the decade. Like, maybe people would argue. Dunkirk. Um, I don't know. I'm a big fan of it, and I've seen the film a lot of times. Uh, Also, like, cinematically, it was just, like, a crazy film at the time with some of the stuff that they did with the CGI and just making some of the uh, kind of supernatural things about being in a dream dream happen were just iconic, I think. Yeah, I mean, this... Iconic's a good word for it because this is something that really permeated our culture. I mean, how many times do you hear someone say something and then someone will be like, ooh, Inception. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, and everyone knows what you're talking about without a doubt. So, yeah, I mean, I also, like, I enjoyed the movie. I'm not, like, one of, I'm not a huge fan. But in general, I'm not a huge fan of Christopher Nolan, so, like, no one is surprised. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> what was your 15? My 15 is The Wolf of Wall Street. Not on my list. Go on. What? I, I just... I, it should have been on my list, but, like, honestly, do we need to glorify this anymore? I do. I, mean, I know. I know. It's Marty, so what am I going to say? You um, have talked about Wolf of Wall Street on here a lot. We've talked about our I feelings. I have? I think we've talked about our feelings on Wolf of Wall Street a lot. Maybe not. Go off, remember, though. I don't remember. Um... So this is one of the first movies that I wrote about in college, like, when I was, like, a film student, and I was like, wow, I'm so cool. Like, (laughs) instead of, like, doing math, I get to, like, talk about my favorite movies, and I wrote a paper about it, and I got an A, and I was, like, very excited, Um, because it was about the scene, obviously, obviously, the iconic, perfect, flawless scene where he takes too many lewds. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Oh, my God. Well, that's just, like, the best physical acting performance of all time, probably. And you know what? You know who's underrated in that scene? Margot Robbie. Like, standing there with the big pregnant belly going like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, it's so good. I, <laughs> um, but yeah, this film obviously, like, you know, huge comment by Martin Scorsese on the excess of the 80s and hedonism and uh, and all of that. I mean, it... And just where we are now with the this Wall Street buffoonery just, like, running our society. Yeah. Um, I mean... I am so happy that this is, like, what he chose to make at this point. Like, he's just such a... I mean, Marty's... Like, he's such a genius. I obviously think, like, Leo gives, like, the powerhouse performance of 
you know, the decade. I'm not, I'm not saying he's the best performance of the decade, but, like, definitely up there. And this is another movie that's, like, three hours long and to me feels, like, maybe an hour. Like, every scene feels so vital. Like, there's no scene where you're like, oh, I didn't need this or whatever. It's like, no. Every step of the way is so fascinating. And I love the way that Leo plays, like, the different levels of his success. Like, he starts off kind of like this, like, wide-eyed kid and how he moves through, like, all the different scenes and all the characters that only come in for a little bit of time. Like, you know, um, McConaughey and then, like, Spike Jones and then, like, the first wife who obviously dodged a massive bullet and like like yeah. uh, uh just the way that he moves through the movie is just so uh like it's the most graceful performance but at the same time like this uh this just you know like he's the kind of person where even though he's very fit he kind of like barrels through the room with this like um disgusting elegance uh i don't know what i'm saying anymore but um i just love the movie so much and his performance definitely defined a specific type of private school douchebag mm-hmm. who gets a business major oh and also can we talk jonah hill like we didn't know that he could we didn't know this i mean we saw moneyball but this was like a this was like a big combination of Is the this comedy Django? what uh, was this pre-Django? Um, same year. Same year. This is a very big year for Jonah Hill. Dude. Um, Comedically playing side characters. I mean, like, come on. I love his I love his performance. It's so... Donnie is, like, one of the best characters. Um, him and Leo, especially in that lewd scene. But really in all the, like, everything. The whole sequence with the, um, the family member dying and then... <laughs> the boat and they insist on like traveling even though there's a storm and all of that and he's like you know freaking out like to get the lewds like oh my god it's just like the um you know like I know how some people didn't feel like they didn't like the ending because like you know you see Jordan doing these like uh you know these motivational speeches and it's like why should he get to you know avoid jail and um get to be this motivational speaker who still makes good money when he you know uh, stole money from people and all this stuff and it's like because that's what happens in our world folks and I like how it's so it's just like very basic it's just like here he is like you know telling people to sell him a pen like we're not gonna tiptoe around it we're not gonna I mean it's fun seeing like it's fun seeing him lose all his money and all that shit like of course but I just <sighs> Marty's the best that's all I have to say my 15 yes cool uh, I'm going to go with 20th Century Women. Oh, I love that. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, I just love this film. Uh, I love the Annette Benning performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in general, I think it talks in a very interesting way about uh, just like femininity and masculinity in America and just like mm-hmm. how we push ourselves into gender roles and like kind of the things that they force us into and like how we don't even necessarily want to have these divisions and like we're kind of forced into them and then they affect us in ways Mm -hmm. uh that was a really weird long winding sentence but i don't know i just thought this film was a very interesting look at the past and is a good lens to look at the future kind of because like all these characters like, the women st- still feel very relevant, mm-hmm. but, like, the men do not feel relevant. <laughs> and that's kind of the thing that we're learning in this decade, is that men aren't really good at anything. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I feel like that was, like, the lesson of the decade, is that men kind of are very average and below average, and have kind of fucked up our country and our world. 
Ouch. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love men. Uh, not all of them. Uh, but in general, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna share my opinion because I am, uh, I'm mad at several men right now. I'm just like done. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> I agree. It was a great film and I do recommend it. And another great Greta Gerwig performance. Yeah. That was like also iconic. Yeah. Yeah. We use that word too much, but like now we're, we're talking about the decade. We're in the top 20. Yeah. So it's like everything yeah. is iconic. No, but like I think I think we'll look back and that film is like very underrated. I yeah. think people will look back and be like, "Wow." Same thing with Beginners. Oh, I forgot to put Beginners on Same. the list. Beginners is good. Honorable yeah. mention. Yep. What's your fifteen? My. Or is it your fourteen? Fourteen is Room. It did not make my list. Uh, so this movie was my favorite of twenty fifteen. It. Uh, I watched it kind of like. I, oh, okay, here's the thing. I had no idea what this movie was about at all, okay? When I saw it, nothing. Like, I had no idea. And I wish everyone had seen it like that because the trailer gives away a lot. But um, I literally no idea. I just kept hearing that Brie Larson was getting so much acclaim. And I loved Short Term 12. And I loved her. And I loved um, United States of Terra, which was kind of like one of her big, big moments early on. So I was like, oh, I want to see Brie Larson, like, kill it. So I'll just turn this on. Because um, it had leaked. I admit it. Um, so I turned it on, having no idea what the fuck was happening. I thought they were just poor at the beginning. I didn't know that they were trapped in there. Like, at the very beginning, you don't really know. And then as the, you know, first few minutes of the movie continue, you're like, wait a second. Uh, this is, why aren't they, you know, there's no window. Uh, like, what's going on? <laughs> you know, and so I had no idea. And as the story unfolded, I was literally stunned. I was like, holy fucking shit, because I'm fascinated by stories like this. Like, this is a real thing that happens to some people like that, you know, they get kidnapped and they're trapped for years. Like their, their capture holds them for years. And, um, obviously there's people like Elizabeth Smart, which thank God she wasn't kept that. I mean, I'm sure it seemed like a lifetime to her, but like, it was not, I think it was like six months or something like that. But there are, um, there, there was like one guy that was keeping like a whole family for like, I think like 23 years or something. I want to say in Sweden or somewhere around there. Like how, can you fucking imagine your whole life like someone takes your life but not in the way of kill like not kill, killing you but takes your life from you like and just puts you in this place i can't so anyway um the scene so the scene where they are um trying to escape like the plan that she comes up with and everything holy shit um the acting between both of them first of all uh can we talk because it's I mean, like, I don't even understand how a child could give the performance that Jacob Tremblay gave. Like, I don't understand how that could be, which we'll talk about more um, as we get closer to my number one. <laughs> but um, Brie Larson also, of course, deserved the Oscar so much. And uh, that scene where they're where he is like att they're attempting the escape. I I don't think any horror movie, thriller, anything in the world has had me more on the edge of my seat. I was literally like holding back screams. Like I was like. I was so worked up, like, I was so, so, so deeply afraid. Like, it gripped me so much. Like, I was so afraid that he was going to get caught and they were going to get trapped back in there and he was going to murder them or whatever. Like, I've never been so, like, I've never been so attached. Like, wow. <laughs> like I was just, I was, like, screwed. Like, I couldn't handle it. Um, it was just a fascinating story, like, and so, so sad. 
Uh, I thought they could have gotten to more like how he he would how a child would acclimate after that because like he's never even seen daylight before like he was born in this like shed and never has been out of it and like doesn't oh my god look Hanson what watch now on Babel why wait 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 why is Hanson on what is Babel I don't know oh my god um okay I love that uh anyway so yeah I I love that movie very very much end of story I got distracted so oh it's okay we're moving on my number 14 was a Lars von Trier film Melancholia. Oh, I forgot that was this decade. So good. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Lars von Trier, very controversial filmmaker in a lot of ways. This film, I don't think anybody could really debate that it's a very uh, interesting portrayal of depression. Uh, And I think in general, it's just a film that... It's a brilliant portrayal of depression. Yeah, and I think people will look back on this film and be like, yep, that's an amazing film. Like, this is one of Kirsten Dunst's best films, probably. And is just, like, a beautiful work of cinema that kind of shows what it's like to feel very isolated from the people closest to you, Um, which is kind of what depression is in a lot of ways, is just, Mm -hmm. like, isolating from the people closest to you because you don't feel connections anymore. And how it just can swallow you. Yes. Also, uh, it's just beautiful. Like, first of all, just Kirsten Dunst in the wedding dress. Like, um, hello? Yeah. She's beautiful. I mean, she looks, like, so good. And Alexander Skarsgård, too. Stylistically, I love the movie. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, very cool visual effects that they use. I won't spoil them, but just watch the film. It's long, but it's definitely worth it if you're, like, inside on a rainy day. And you need a good cry or something. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to feel alone in the world. Yes, absolutely. What's your number 13? Um, my letterbox closed. So uh-oh, uh-oh. let me um, pull it up. Number 13. Brought to you guys by Letterbox. Uh, <laughs> I wish they were sponsored. Follow again. us on Letterbox. I'm Jay Freeze, J F R E E E Z E. And Leah is Capriya Moon, I'm assuming. Yep, that's my name. Don't, Don't wear it out. out. <laughs> uh, my number 13 is The Big Sick. Word. Mm-hmm. That's a good pick. Yep. It's another, it's another 2017. It's not on mine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, it did, obviously it did really, really well, but I love this movie so much. Um, it's, I think it's really awesome that, first of all, it's a true story. It's true in the sense of the illness that um, the lead character had in real uh, she was a co-writer of the movie and then it's very true to life in the sense of the cultural aspect of someone from um i know that camille is pakistani but it's also very similar to like the indian culture um and that the limitations in that when you're in a relationship with um a white person or someone who's not muslim and you are um there's a lot of things obviously like family values and cultural things that come up and you really understand both points uh you really understand both sides of the story like you completely understand him not wanting to marry a girl from his religion unless he fell in love with her obviously uh, but he doesn't he falls in love with someone outside of it um and you completely understand him him wanting his his own life in that sense but then you also completely understand the parents who grew up in this mentality and in this culture um saying like why are you being so selfish like this is the only thing that we ask 
of you is that you marry somebody, you know, from our culture, like, you know, and you, you totally see both sides of it. And it's such a well-told story. And, uh, Holly Hunter and Ray Romano is the parents. Come on. Like, so good. So good. And you, you really feel every element of this movie. Like, it's just such an interesting, unique story about what really happened. Um, and it is very, very true to life. Like, they did change a couple of things, but I think because Kumail obviously was the star of it and the, and the co-writer and then Emily was the co-writer and on set every day, like, it really was their story and they were there during the whole making of it. So it wasn't one of those things where Hollywood took their story and turned it into something. It was developed by them. Um, you know, they met with John Apatow and developed it over a period of years and worked on the screenplay over a period of years. It took them a very long time. In that period of time, they were both struggling, like they were married and in love. So they had each other, which is just so nice, especially when you see how the whole movie unfolds. And uh, it's just, it's one of my favorite movies, um, probably ever, not just of the decade. Wow. Yeah. Crazy, crazy stuff, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's yours? Number 13 is a film from last year, The Favorite. Oh, wow, you liked it that much. Oh, uh, I just think it's just the perfect film about power. Okay, cool. And just like uh, leaders in general and how people try to get in the favor of other people. But you oftentimes lose yourself in that. Mm -hmm. They fight and claw. Yeah, we've talked about this film a lot. We did a whole episode on it. It was pretty funny, and cinematically it was cool, and it's probably my only period piece on here that's, like, very that time period. Mm -hmm. And I'll just leave it at that, because we've talked about it a huge amount, and this podcast is already three hours long. You love it, guys. You're big fans, we know. We're getting to the top ten, though. Don't worry. It's coming if, up. If you've listened this long, um, text me, because you probably know me personally, or message me. Um, and say the word um, cantankerous. Cantankerous. Because I want to know who listened this long. Wow. Brendan's going to text me. Probably that's it. (laughs) 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 All right, number 12. Mine is seeking a friend for the end of the world. Wow. That is a good call. Yeah, you've seen it? I have not. I've heard it's good, though. It's directed by Lorene Scafaria, who uh, directed Hustlers and is also the girlfriend of Bo Burnham. Just some facts. Whoa, what? Yep. I did not know that. Yeah, they've been together for a while. He, they have a big age difference. Like, she's in her 40s. So, um, yeah, it's a really interesting relationship. Like, very cool pairing. Um, they're, like, their house must be very interesting to be in and very fun. And very brilliant. Uh, so this movie is something, another movie that totally caught me off guard. It stars Steve Carell and... Kira Knightley and before this I didn't really get Kira Knightley like I was like okay like I did get it I'm like oh she's beautiful and talented whatever but like there was no role that she did that I was like wow and this is a very wow like role for her and Steve Carell also is so good it's one of his like serious roles but also like obviously his comedic flair does come in and it's about the world the world is ending it's like the world is just about to end and like everyone's scrambling and it's about like the journey of these two people and um they fall in love like during the process of the world ending and like it's so beautiful it is so goddamn beautiful like they they have an age difference too like they're like but it's not weird like even though he's older than her it's not creepy i don't i don't know how to explain it like i guess you could just tell that they're soulmates and it, i mean she's not age like it's you know whatever yeah. um and and like it's just so beautiful and the final you know i won't give away like what they show of the world ending or like 
how they show it all literally coming to an end. I won't like literally spoil it, but the end is so, 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 so beautiful. And it's one of the most romantic movies. And like when they're fall, you know, they're, they fall in love, but the world is ending. It's so sad. And it's like, it kind of makes a comment about how you should live your life. Cause like, we're all going to die. It could happen tomorrow, like literally or right now. Um, but you know, he, like, she's crying because she's so sad that, like, they're not going to get to be together, you know, and um, she's like, we don't have enough time, and he was like, well, like, it never would have been enough time, like, basically, like, I love you so much that, like, no matter how much time we had together, it would never be enough, and it's just so romantic, they, they, they sell it so well, their performances are so, so, so beautiful, and uh, I, it's a little known movie, like, most people haven't seen it, but I always try to get as many people to see it as possible, because it's just, I'm going to say the word again. It's beautiful. <laughs> word. Yeah. Uh, for number 12, I'm going to go with Whiplash. Wow, I felt nice. kind of bad about leaving Damien Chazelle out, so I last minute added this. Because like It was definitely a classic when it came out, and I feel like he's gotten overshadowed for some reason. I don't know why people don't like him. Uh, wait, why don't people like him? Like, I, First Man got kind of silenced and also like people don't really talk about La La Land that much anymore. <laughs> first Man First Man is so amazing but we did an episode on it. But uh, Whiplash, uh, I just think it's his best film. It will always be his masterwork. It's his first. He had his passion in it. Uh, it's also like Miles Teller's like great role. Like mm-hmm. we might not ever see a role like that from him crazy enough. Like, Probably not. Let's be real. Yeah, no, like, just watching him do the drumming in that final scene is just iconic enough and is very cool. And I think it defines, like, a very specific uh, class of people in America who kind of have been trained to be artists their whole lives, and then they get to this point, and then they're faced with, I guess, tough obstacles, and, like, do you believe in yourself do you believe that you're actually meant to do this are you meant to do this like what even does it mean to mean to do something Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be meant to do something yeah uh and just like the struggles of being an artist and how people are literally going to do everything to stop you from getting there and like they're going to try to give you tough love but maybe tough love isn't what you need and maybe it is who knows word thank you jordan (laughs) (laughs) what's your number 11 my number 11 is can you ever forgive me we already talked about it on my because it was my favorite movie from last year so i won't get into it again but i this is something that okay so we were talking about a lot how you know it's hard to include movies from 2019 and 2018 because it's like you don't really see them stand the test of time or not and when i was going through all the movies that came out the past decade i would look at a movie from like i don't know 2012 and be like oh like I love this movie in 2012, but now, um, I'm like, it's not that I don't still love it, but I just haven't really watched it again or whatever. And it's, you need perspective to really decide what's the best of a certain decade. Like, I think I would be, I'd have an easier time doing like 99 to 2009 just cause now, you know, there's been 10 years since like the last movie made in, in that year. So, um, but this movie I've watched multiple times throughout the year, like, since I named it my favorite. Um, also a good metaphor for the decade and how women are basically just expected to copy men. <laughs> and that's, like, the only way they can make money. Okay, so good points. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I turn it all the time, and I still think it's just as beautiful. 
So beautiful, beautiful. It's, it is it Melissa is. McCarthy's best role. Probably. I mean, she's so good and everything, but I mean, her best role will always be Suki from Gilmore Girls. That's another one that I got in early on. So. Wow. Anyway, I'm the best. Um, so here we are. My number eleven is Taika Waititi's masterpiece, Boy. Boy? Yeah, everybody should look it up. It's 87 minutes long, and it is a very interesting film about American culture and just, like, what we aspire to be in America. Even though it's a New Zealand film done by Taika Waititi, it's, like, very tied to uh, this child's fascination with Michael Jackson. Really? Yeah. I have like, to see this. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's like literally about a New Zealand boy who just is obsessed with Michael Jackson and yes. doesn't really have a father. Oh my god. And mother. And like his father kind of comes back into the picture. Um, and I don't want to spoil it, but it's just hilarious. Like if you haven't seen this film, I was very shocked at how good it is. It's on Canopy. Um, I'm totally going to watch that. Yeah, no, highly recommend it. Uh, Taika stars in it too, and is very or is one of the main characters in it. He's not the boy, but he's the father, and he plays it so well and just so comically. And it, it's just like, it's just such an interesting film about kind of pulling back the curtain on like what you learn when you become an adult, as opposed to like what you think is going on when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. And, like, what adults think they're hiding from kids and, like, how much kids are actually perceptive of and understand the whole time. Wow. Yeah. It's definitely a you film because it has a child actor. Oh, yes. And it involves Michael Jackson, which is a fascination of mine since birth, so. Yes. On that note, we're going to take another break before we get into our top ten!